The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Justin Charles, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast presented by Omaha Steaks. Josh and Justin with you guys today. We're going to be talking about a few things that's gone a few things that have gone on this week up front, a little bit of news, but the primary thing we want to get into. I want to talk about this whole Stump Mitchell, what he said about Kareem Hunt. We're kind of going to get some some of Justin's thoughts and my thoughts on that whole situation. And then we really want to dive into, I, I saw an article the other day, a guy that's plugged in with the Browns said something about Marquise Brown. Hollywood Brown could be a wide receiver the Browns you know, could benefit from bringing in this offseason. So we'll talk about that, give our thoughts and opinions on Hollywood. And then at the end, we're going to go ahead and dive into our top five favorite Ohio athletes. That was a question that came from Andrew Jackson in our Patreon group in the dog pack. So we're going to actually do that on the main show here because that's a pretty cool topic. Definitely want to talk about that. So before we dive into everything, make sure you guys are liking this video. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. We really appreciate that. If you're listening on audio, we appreciate you guys too. Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, everywhere that you guys get podcasts. And then last but not least, Join the dog pack. Like I just mentioned, jointhedogs.com, become an official dog pack member on the Patreon page. We will be doing an after hours episode. That's our weekly bonus episode for the Patreon members. We're going to do that after this show. And depending on how time goes here, we may kick over one of the other topics we have for this show, which would be some Taylor Swift discussion that might be on the after hours. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, we get a little more loose on the after hours, kind of let things fly a little bit. Uh, it's pretty cool. So join the dogs.com, become an official dog pack member. So before we dive into the big stuff, Justin, you were sick and yes. I, everybody was worried about you, man. Everybody's like, Oh, Justin's okay. You know, don't be worried about me. I'm just, uh, I live in a house, um, with two children under four and they're both in preschool. So, uh, you know, I'm pretty much just a test subject at this point. Uh, you know, <laughs> I just, I have like a good week where I'm like, oh man, I feel great. And then it's followed by, uh, you know, just 
illnesses I didn't even know existed in this world, <laughs> but let alone a pre-K uh, classroom. Uh -huh. So that's uh, that's where we're at. That's where I, we're at in life right now. I'm feeling a whole lot of dads out there listening to this just kind of nodding their head, going along. Like, yeah. Yep, mm -hmm, got I it. didn't even totally. know it was a real thing. Didn't even know that that was a possibility. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, that's a ton of fun. So since you were sick on Monday, we did not get your opinion on the Ken Dorsey hire. So Browns bring okay. in Ken Dorsey, offensive coordinator. What say you? Okay, so at first, when it first came through, a little disappointed. I'll be honest. I, I, um, you know, we had kind of all talked like on the show and just, you know, like with, we talked with Browns fans in general. I thought we kind of needed uh, an innovator, you know, somebody, a, a young guy coming in and, you know, maybe cook some things up and maybe a different perspective for Kevin Stefanski. Um, I took a couple of days and uh, did a little reading, did a little research. Um, and, you know, I, I came away with a, a few things, right? The biggest one I came away with was Kevin's fancy is going to be playing, you know, calling plays next year. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that that's going to change now. Um, the interesting thing, and it's not, I'm not even sold on it. I don't hate it or love it. But if you look at this guy's career, He's been a huge part of the development of some guys, right? So you have him with Cam Newton in 2015 MVP season. Um, you look at Josh Allen's growth, you know, when uh, he was drafted, he's kind of linked in there. Um, say what you want about when he became a play caller with Buffalo, you know, there's definitely some alarming things that happened. But if you look at what Buffalo was the last few years, as far as like explosive offense, um, and then just what Josh Allen has become in this league. I think it all comes down to they needed a guy that Deshaun Watson could develop and just kind of, I don't want to say like grow with, because I think he's an excellent player already. I think that his upside is, you know, this upside, you've seen it already. We've, we've witnessed how good he can be, yeah. but I think that they just need to get back to what works for him. And so if bringing in this guy is, is the key to that, I think that this is a, it's an interesting move. I don't know if it's a win. I like, even now I sit here and I'm like, did we rush the decision? I think, I think mm. they kind of wanted Kellen Moore a little bit, you know, oh, I did, think that, okay. I think, I think that that's really like the guy that they were kind of targeting. Kellen and Moore maybe there's some other. Would have definitely demanded play calling duties. There's no way he would have sure. taken a demotion For in that sure. department. I agree. But, um, so if I look at it like that, I, I'm, I'm open to it. And I've always been a, a very big, big believer of the front office, right? So I feel like you can't sit here and go, hey, Andrew Barry's a genius, but then question every decision that he makes. Uh, I'm, I'm a guy that trusts the process kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and I really do. I like what they've done for the most part as far as through the draft, free agency, players they've brought in. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm letting this play out. Uh, that's my personal opinion of it. Um, but if you look, his track record up until this year had been pretty good. He, you know, he he was involved in a lot of like success for a lot of guys. So yeah. it's interesting to me. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, one thing about, you know, you said trust the process, trust the front office and everything. Just because we always say, you know, the front office, this is like the best front office we've ever had. Coaching staff, Kevin Stefanski, these guys are awesome. doesn't mean they're perfect. They, they still make mistakes. But the thing that I've noticed over the last four seasons now with this consistency in the front office and the coaching staff, they don't really make the same mistakes twice. 
Sure. So, and Andrew Barry talked about that in his press conference last week where they asked him about his growth development over the last four years since he became the general manager of the Browns. And he said, I've learned the most from my failures, meaning whenever I, I make a hire or I select a, a draft pick or I sign a guy and it doesn't work out for whatever reason, I learn from that. And I think that's key. I mean, everybody says, oh yeah, I learned from my mistakes, but I think these guys actually do. You feel right. that way? And I, and I don't sense panic. Like, Right. Uh, that was that was my first thing that I was worried about. Like as soon as the news broke, I felt like it was I didn't know if it was a rush decision. Right. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, did they did they just go Oh, Kellen's off the table? Crap. We got to go get somebody right now. Like that. That was my fear of it. And then just when I when I did a little background on it and, you know, because not I don't know how what kind of feedback you're getting from Browns fans like the Browns fans I talk to go, yeah, probably not my guy. You mixed. know what I mean? I of, I'm hearing a lot of. A lot of different guys. I'm hearing, I talked to one of my buddies. He said, you know, I think maybe we could have hung around and seen what, you know, Clay Kubiak wanted to, wanted to do, you know, if maybe he wanted to come to Cleveland. Right. Um, but um, I, like I said, I think you just got to trust the process. Um, Buffalo fans will tell you we're stupid. Buffalo fans will tell you hey, your Browns are doing the Brown stuff right now. But honestly, he was a, he was a big part of what they did. He was. Up until last season. So, um, I'm interested um, and I'm very, I'm curious to see how it all plays out, especially from what you hear coming out already. It's, we're going to throw the ball a lot. It's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of airing it out again. So I'm interesting. I like some of the schemes that he had in Buffalo. I mean, they were explosive offense. They the last, were, man. What, three years? And Josh Allen was a kid coming out of, I mean, we had an opportunity to draft him and everything you heard was, you know, big arm, but we're not sure. You yeah. know, we're not sure if it'll all translate together. And, and after it, right year away, one, it, it was wasn't. like, oh boy. Yeah. For, yeah. First year, it was like, ah, uh, he maybe he's not that guy. Maybe he's just another one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And then he he is ascended um, in a special way. Does he turn the ball over a lot? Yeah, maybe. But man, he is he is insane. He is one of one of the most fun players to watch uh, in this league. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned Kubiak there too, and. I, I was reading some stuff about him and while I was interested as well, then, you know, there was the connection between Stefanski and his dad, Gary Kubiak from Minnesota. Correct, and it yeah. was like, do we want more of the same? I think Kevin's trying to diversify. You know, that's the thing with <laughs> Kevin that you always hear Andrew Barry say, he's always, he's willing to learn. He's willing to grow and adapt. So I don't think he's, everybody kind of gets this impression of Kevin that he's stuck in his ways and he refuses yeah. to give out play calling. Also, I don't think that's necessarily the case. And, I forget, I, maybe it was Blake the other night. Somebody made the point that, you know, Kevin Stavansky in his first four years on his first contract with the Browns, the only way he's he's coming in here on a play calling acumen, you know what I mean? Like that's been his resume. <laughs> he's not giving that to somebody unless he truly trusts them because he's trying to get a second contract. You know, he Correct. wants to be an extended head coach in this league. So you kind of stick to what you do well unless you feel like you can really trust that other person. You know, we brought in Gerard Johnson who ended up going on a ton of interviews with other teams didn't sign anywhere. Nobody hired him. He went back to Houston to be the QB coach. Bobby Slowick yep. was the offensive coordinator down there in Houston. He's not leaving he to be stayed. a head coach. So, you know, yeah. some of these guys, you know, their names get thrown out there. We get excited about them. And then you kind of see them go through the progressions with these other teams. Nothing happens. And it's like, well, maybe there's a reason for that. And the Browns also saw that reason. Yep. Just a quick question. Just throw it at you. Do you think that Kevin calls plays next year? I do. Mm-hmm. I yeah, do I know too. there's still I all this too. speculation. Like, well, Kevin's still tossing it around. He could, he couldn't, he might give it up. I doubt he does. Um, there's definitely no strings attached here. It's not like they 
they promised Dorsey he'd be able to call plays if he came in because right. they didn't, and he's here. So I think it's going to work either way. I have definitely come around on Kevin play, as a play caller, I think, after watching this season especially. And we've watched it so closely, and it was our fourth season now doing Cleveland Browns football. Mm-hmm. And you see the play calls, and then you see the execution on the field, and then when they show replays, you look at it from different angles. It's like what Kevin called here worked. Right, players botched didn't it. execute. Yeah. yeah. So, as far as play calling goes, I I'm cool with it if he keeps it. I agree. I agree completely. So that's you know that's Ken Dorsey now another new OC in the AFC North. The Steelers have decided yes. to go ahead and try their hand with the hated, at least if you play fantasy football, Arthur Smith from <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons. So, you know, when this one popped up. You know, and I get it. There's a lot of people saying, well, look at his, what he did as an OC in Tennessee versus head coach. Yeah, the splits are are pretty uh, impressive in not such a good way for him because, so I was just looking at overall finishes. When he was the OC in Tennessee, the Titans offense in his first year finished 12th overall in yards, 10th overall in points. His second year in 2020, that jumped, man. In Tennessee, they were second overall in the NFL in yards and fourth mm-hmm. overall in points. So the offense yeah. was very, very good in Tennessee. But then he goes to Atlanta to be the head coach, this offensive-minded guy, and they finished 29th and 26th. And then in 22, they finished 24th in yards and 15th in points. And then this past season, 17th in yards and 26th in points. So they're not scoring a ton of points. He got knocked for not being able to utilize some serious top 10 right you know, NFL draft talent. And I don't know, man, do you think this is going to work out for the Steelers in Pittsburgh? So this, uh, I think this is an interesting one, right? So the all of the last couple of years, all I've heard is, man, you know, he doesn't know how to utilize Kyle Pitts, yeah. B. John Robinson, you know, Drake London. Um, you have Atlanta fan saying, well, what do you want him to do? You know, you got Ritter, you know, whoever the quarterback is, it's not a top-notch quarterback. I think this is an interesting hire, right? Um, I I think that this could could be favorable. You're you see a guy when you look at Tennessee, what he was doing in 2018 and 2020, I believe. You look at Derrick Henry had two career years with him, and I know they run they ran the ball a ton with Derrick Henry, but in Pittsburgh they have two very very serviceable backs. I mean. Uh, Najee, Najee is pretty nice. And then I'm, I'm a very big fan of Jalen Warren. I think that he is, is sneaky good and kind of not even really utilized as much as he could be. Um, so if you see that, if you see those kind of touches, maybe even split between those guys, I could see it working. Another interesting thing that I think could be favorable for Pittsburgh is you look at a guy, AJ Brown, he had two pretty good years as he was ascending mm-hmm. both thousand yards um, kind of put himself on the map, and now he's he's elevated himself into a a, a new league, a different you know tier of players yes. as far as wide receivers in Philly. He's he he went from a guy that put up back to back thousand yards to you know you pretty much book him for fourteen fifteen hundred and like eleven touchdowns every year. Like that's that's top notch, top five, top ten wide receiver type numbers. So I think I I saw um, some stuff about you know there's worries you know would. Would Pickens be upset with this? I, I I personally think that 
if he's able to just manage this offense and they have they have some question marks, they, they've got to figure out quarterback. They yeah. they absolutely have to figure out quarter. If they roll it into next year with those three guys, I um, obviously I think the thing is, man, it's not it. No, he's it's not. It's not it. Mason were, Rudolph's probably the best guy in that in that group. Oh, and, and at he this sucks. Point. And I don't he's even horrible. Know. So the thing is, the the Steelers, Kenny Pickett, I, they were a playoff team, right? They, they don't have yeah. any kind of high draft capital to go get one of these top. Now, can this is a, this is a much better quarterback draft than years past. Mm-hmm. So far, anyway, at least that's what the pro, you know the the guys are saying. But the vibes are, yeah, yeah, exactly. And could they find somebody later in the first round, maybe even in the second round? Of course. I mean, Jalen Hurts; these guys, you know, guys are found later in the draft. But right. this Arthur Smith thing might, to your point, be more for the run game because the I, Steelers may yes. very well be looking at the situation, saying we're kind of stuck with Kenny. He's not good. He's got two years now, and he's only got thirteen total touchdowns. He's never had mm-hmm. he's never had double digit touchdowns in a in a season. Right. And what are we going to do? You know what I mean. And and we've got Najee Harris first round pick. Jalen Warren is showing that he's pretty awesome. He's good. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I, I hope it doesn't work out for him. I really hey, hope it, right. it blows up in their face and they are you know dog shit. But I the I do think that there's interesting parts of this because he loves to run the ball. Yeah. But let's say they. Let's say they get aggressive. You know, the owner's not happy. Tomlin's in for another year. So you know that they're they're gonna be well coached, right? They're gonna end up they're gonna win a lot of close games. Yes, and fans and are still like gonna that. call for Tomlin's head. They're gonna call for I right. guarantee it's gonna be like four weeks in, they're gonna be saying, Get Arthur Smith out of here the first time they have like <laughs> right. a you know, a six point showing. Call me crazy, but what if they make a an aggressive move and they go and they trade for Justin Fields or Russell Wilson or something along those lines? I think that the narrative could be much, much different heading into next season. Because you saw Arthur Smith elevate a guy in Tannehill that That's true. Miami tossed to the side, didn't want anything to do with. Um, I know it wasn't just an immediate thing with um, Tannehill. He 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 got to build himself up and it kind of all clicked in those two years where, especially in 2020, they're a top number one seed in the AFC. I wasn't to say they were 11 and five or something like that. They were a dominant, dominant team. Um, if they can go and get a quarterback... I think that they are they're just as dangerous as they've ever been. I mean, I, I've always been a guy that said you can't, even when you look at them, you're like, oh man, this roster is not that good. Defense is okay, mm-hmm. probably better than average, but offense is, uh, they get a decent quarterback that can get the ball to uh, Pickens and then Deontay Johnson still there. I, I, I don't see them, this necessarily being like, just because they hired Arthur Smith, they're, they're, they're done. I, yeah. I just don't. Nope. So I do they get the Arthur Smith from Atlanta? Do they get the one from Tennessee? Correct. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, but right, you gotta if if you're a Browns fan, you gotta hope the uh, Atlanta one. Yes, if you're for sure. Because if they if you get the Tennessee version and he's able to elevate this offense into like let's say top ten, and with that defense, they they're going to be very very formidable again. Absolutely. I don't. Well, yeah. I know you're talking about bringing in. A quarterback. If they don't, they roll with Pickett. That makes me feel better because I don't think that Correct. he can really take them too far. I mean, obviously, he can help get you to the playoffs. I, I wouldn't say he mm-hmm. led them there this year by any stretch, but I don't, so, he's not the guy. No, uh-uh. they've got to be. They, to me, I know. I know he's just second second year, but I would be do everything I could to get out of that contract. Whether you trade him to a team that maybe wants to develop him, if they see something in him. Um, that's why I just think there's there's a big big quarterback market 
as far as veteran guys, young guys that are out there that could be available. And the idea of Justin Fields in a Steelers uniform makes me just absolutely super depressed. It does, and, but the, and nervous. Did you see the hype video the Chicago Bears put out on social media? No, I did not. The Chicago I, Bears I don't know just put do. out a hype, yeah, with uh, about all about Justin Fields. Really? So, so Marvin Harrison Jr. at one. Uh, maybe. I or, or they're probably going to trade it for a haul for somebody who wants to come up and get Caleb. But, be smart. Yeah, yeah. You know, down to two or three. And the thing, the thing is, if they decide to keep, and I know this is a little off topic here, but if they decide to keep yeah. Fields, they're they're going to be. I think very good on offense this year. I think it's going to be a yeah. much better offense than what you've seen in the past. I think he's a good quarterback. I do. I think that he can be too. a good quarterback. I just feel like the coaching up there in Chicago has been pretty bad. I agree. I think I think every year he's gotten a little bit better. Now, I understand like when you listen to like the sports media and stuff like that, and they're like, this is a chance for Chicago to reset the market again, like reset their 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 window on a quarterback. They're doing basically set it back three years and they're back on a rookie contract deal because right. yep. they're going to have to pay. I understand the business, side of it. the business side of right. it makes That's, total sense. Right. For but sure. to me, I'm like, that looked like a kid that I thought was going the right direction and yes. looked as explosive as ever, especially like with the, the run threat. It is, mm -hmm. he's, he's extremely dynamic. I've heard this presented in a, in a nice way by uh, another show I listened to and they said, if you're in Chicago, you got to look at it this way and, and just use last year's draft. You take some, you take a quarterback at one, you decide to go that route and move off fields. You are taking a chance that you are landing the next CJ Stroud, potentially. That's awesome. Sure. Or you could be hitting or the Bryce next Young. Bryce Young. Yep. Right. So right. Right. If, if you feel like Justin Fields is somewhere like a nice balance between those two right now, maybe you just roll with him, you know, stock up on more draft capital, move down, get him another elite wide receiver. Because DJ Moore, I think, yes. is an elite wide receiver. He is a talented, talented I agree. guy. You put those two out there with Justin Fields and get them a little bit more of a running game going. Could be, could be good. Dude, could be good. I mean, I I think it, it, DJ Moore kind of answered the call on whether he was a number one receiver in this league last so. year. He went absolutely crazy, especially like the primetime games. There was that Thursday night game where he went absolutely stupid dumb on you know like two hundred <laughs> yards, like two or three, three touchdowns. touchdowns. Like, yeah. imagine you throw a number one alongside him, and then you've got to match up with those guys, and they have. You just think of some of the what, like Cole Komet. Cole Komet's so kind of just undervalued. Mm -hmm. He's really, really good. Like they, they're very, very close. I just, I feel like they're just. I don't want to say they're like a poverty franchise because for most of my life they've been rough. But so have we. But I just feel like some of the decision making. Like I don't. They've never really had a quarterback my entire life. Like I think of the Bears and I go, it's Jay Cutler. Like, right. Right. Was it was it Rex Grossman? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. like I'd say Jay Cutler is probably the best one. So, like, if they can kind of get Fields and continue to per, like get him progressing, uh, man, I I think they've got a lot of upside. I don't get the trade Caleb Williams, like get Caleb Williams thing. I just don't get it. Yeah, I'm with you. But so before this becomes a Chicago Bears podcast, we're just going to talk yeah, about one. No, it's all good, man. We both went down that route. But there's one more move that happened in the AFC North, and then we'll move off of this topic. Um, the defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald from the Ravens, is now gone. He is now the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. So I just wanted to mention that, just throw it out there so everybody was aware that the Ravens have lost their defensive coordinator. They were pretty darn yep. good on defense this year. Yeah. And... uh I thought that they said they had an ex linebacker. What was his name? Uh, or 
that's filling into the defensive coordinator spot. And I, I haven't really done too much. You know what I mean? I'm not diving down into depth charts of, you know, coaching staffs and stuff like that at this right. point. But um, I it's kind of it's significant. You know, it's a significant deal. Now they're they're a great franchise. I, we hate to say that, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's just like. I don't think it's going to be like a, a wheels fall off kind of deal for them. It's like next man up. So we'll see, but very interesting, very interesting thing. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, the Super Bowl is decided and the rat turds are not going to be there. It's the Chiefs taking on the San Francisco 49ers on February 11th. But before the big game, make sure you guys get your orders in at Omaha Steaks. Don't throw your Super Bowl parties or, you know, even your Valentine's Day meals because let's face it, that's coming up too, guys, real fast. Do not host these events without the best meats and foods available from Omaha Steaks. Right now, when you order at omahasteaks.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S, you will get four free pork chops and four free boneless chicken breasts with your order. That's eight free additional items when you place your order right now at omahasteaks.com slash dogs. I've been saying it forever. Best steaks, best burgers, steak burgers. Oh my gosh. The best chicken, the best ready to eat meals, the desserts for Valentine's Day. I'm telling you, you make sure you add the caramel apple tartlets to your order. She's going to love them. So go now, get it in time for all the big things happening coming up here in February. OmahaSteaks.com slash dogs. Minimum purchase may apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, so let's shift gears here. This happened, the, the whole Stump Mitchell thing, okay? Th- this this one, we haven't talked about it yet on the show. It happened, yeah. it didn't even happen last week. I think it was the week before all this kind of yeah. came out, and we haven't really addressed it at all, um, which is, I don't know what you want to say about that. We, we've met him. We've met Stump. We hung right. out with him. We've had, a, we've had him on the show. We've had a conversation with him, you know, we hung out with him at training camp. Like we, we've been around this guy a little bit and the, the heat he was taking for his comments, I didn't totally understand because it just didn't seem like him from what, from when we met him, he seemed so down to earth, so passionate about his guys. And then all this stuff came out. Well, he's throwing cream under the bus. He's throwing shade. He's talking shit. And, and I saw all that and thought, that's really weird. It just doesn't seem like him. And then I actually went and watched the interview. Did you watch the interview? Mm-hmm. I watched some of it. Okay. I didn't like, I didn't watch the entire thing, but I've, I watched so, like the juicy, the juicy parts. Right. So of I've it, got, you the, know? I've got the two juicy clips uh, with, okay. with, you know, with Stump talking about Cream Hunt and the way I'll just kind of preface it this way. The way it came up in the conversation, I've, I feel like Stump is intentional about what he says, and I don't feel like. Yes, but I also don't I feel agree. like he came into the or into this interview saying, "No matter what, I'm calling Cream Hunt, you know, Cream out in this interview." I don't. That's not that was that's malicious. I don't feel like that happened. I feel like as the conversation was going, he thought, "I think I have an opportunity here to try to get through to Kareem." Which I'll just play this first clip. Like I said, we yeah. got two. I'll play the first one, and we'll just kind of talk about it. I really believe I got an opportunity 
to get the most out of everybody except for Kareem so far. I think Kareem has a lot to offer, uh, but I think what he needs to do is uh, dedicate himself to getting all that he can get and don't settle for being who he's been in the past. And I think he'll be one hell of a player. What has your philosophy been to try to unlock that from them? Uh, To try to uh, talk to, I would say, first starting with Jacoby Brissett, uh, then to Deshaun, uh, to anyone else that can try to get a hold to him uh, so he can hear uh, someone else's voice other than mine. And, you know, that's all that's all it can do. Yikes. I, I mean, it's it's not good. Yikes, now, right? Before, I guess before we go on, I will say, I, I think he probably shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> I mean, right, I think right? that's pretty fair to say. Like, you know, I, I it probably pops up in your head during the conversation. Hey, I think I'll mention Kareem here. Maybe second guess that. Maybe you know, take two seconds and, and think about what you're going to say. <laughs> but I, I think it's just it's very. I think you nailed something very important there while you were leading it up. I, I agree with you. I feel like he's a guy that's he really, really thinks a lot about like what he's going to say, and he's very deliberate with his words, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I when I heard this, it, I, it almost I was surprised because it just seemed so. From what, you know, it just seemed kind of like an outer character kind of thing. But yeah. like, I honestly, then I look back and I go, maybe they, he's trying to kind of open the door up and let, you know, let some light in on some things. Cause we had Kareem. We, a lot of Browns players like Kareem a lot, you know, he's kind of one of those guys that, you know, we all like him, but they decided, Hey, we're not going to bring him back. He lost a step. That was what we heard. Yep. Um, Maybe, maybe there's a little bit more to it, you know, maybe because it sounds like he's a guy that, you know, kind of just shows up, goes through the motions and goes home. I, and I, I, you look at his performance and for like, he, he wasn't the same guy, right? This year, but at the end of the year, he still had 10, 11 touchdowns. Like, I mean, he's still, he's still a haul right at the, in the, in, in the red zone. Like if it's at the two, three yard line, book it, it's a touchdown. Like, so I just felt like it was very surprising for him to, you know, go at, say Kareem, you know, and then just kind of go through those things because it sounds like maybe there there was a work ethic thing. Maybe there was something going on there where he he felt like he tried to get more out of him and he just couldn't get through to him, especially then to say, hey, I talked to Jacoby and I talked to Deshaun and I tried to get these guys to get him bought in. And, you know, and then it's just... I think it's just really, it's just interesting. It's very surprising because mm-hmm. I figured, I didn't think we'd hear anything, you know? And then like, man, there was a lot of, there was a lot of juicy content there. There sure was. I, I mean, when we talked to him before the season started, you know, Nick Chubb was still healthy. Nick Chubb was still the lead mm-hmm. guy and everything was, was rosy and good to go. And we had him on the show and we talked to him a lot about Nick Chubb and that was kind of our main focus. And he and like he answered our questions about Nick, and he talked Nick up and and told us what we wanted to know about Nick. But he really made sure he emphasized how important Jerome Ford was to the offense. Yes, how important John Kelly was. He even went as yes. far as to hype up Demetric Felton at the time, who ended up not even making the team. He was very focused on making sure everybody knew that those running backs, that his guys, were good guys and they were good players, and he wanted them recognized. And you know, he talked. He mentioned Kareem because he talked about you know last year what what you what Nick and Kareem could do. That's what Nick and Jerome can do. He kind of used that right. as a comparison. Like Jerome Ford can do what Kareem Hunt did, and I didn't really think about it too much at, until this stuff came out about Kareem's work ethic. But 
you're right. That that's got to be a, a contributing factor to why they did not bring him back immediately this and, year until until we had to. Right. And like you said, he especially John Kelly, like he he really like kind of like gave us a behind the scenes look about like really. I, that was a guy I was like, man, maybe this dude's going to end up sneaking onto the active roster mm-hmm. and like being an important part of this team because some like the things that he said about him. I mean, he you, he really loved his game. He he and he was like, if he gets an opportunity, he's going to be special in this league. And I was like, man, that's crazy because this guy has been on the practice squad, you know, for two years now, three years now. So uh, it just. Just interesting. I don't, I wish him nothing, nothing but the best. He was a great guy, oh, great, yeah. great, fun interview, super nice. Like, I mean, can't say enough good things about him. I'm. We've already said we're. You know, it's a. I feel like it's a tough loss for the team, but you know, there. I think there's an opportunity that comes out of this. Nothing just happens because oh yeah, we just got to we got to you know try something fresh. I think they just. They t- they looked they were looking for something new. They were looking for maybe just uh, a rebirth kind of on the offensive side of the ball, and you know, unfortunately, he was one of the you know staff casualties in that. Yeah. So you know, we both of us keep talking about this work ethic thing, and let me play this second clip because that's kind of where that okay. gets brought up. So I'll play this, and then we'll we'll keep talking about it. The thing that I couldn't do while I was there uh, is get the best out of Kareem. If they bring him back, I hope. The, uh, the next coach will be able to get the best out of Kareem. Uh, as a coach, all you want to do is to make a player better. Uh, but I wasn't able to get him to not be the last guy in meetings, uh, not to be out uh, at practice on time. Uh, Kareem's a hell of a player, but this is a team game. You know? and, and I tried to use every avenue that I could with uh, Jacoby Brissett, also Deshaun, those guys talking to her. But timing in this business is everything. So a couple points there with that. One, Kareem Hunt did just undergo um, uh, sports hernia surgery. So we knew he was dealing with an injury all week. I see a lot of people, as soon as people start, you know, we posted too about on Twitter about the, you know, he had surgery for the injury and everything. And people were saying, well, you know, maybe Stump Mitchell should have, known that he was injured. Guys, he knew he was injured. He was on the freaking injury report every week. Trust me. We looked at the injury reports every week. It was always the same thing. And we knew he he was hurt, but the injury does not stop you from coming to meetings on time, does not stop you from coming to practice on time. And it seems like that was the big thing that Stump was really trying to get out of cream was, look, this is a team thing. Everybody else is here. Everybody else is putting in the work. You need to be here. Whether you're injured or not, you need to be here. We expect, you know, as a leader of this team, we expect you to be here. And uh, this obviously was not just a one-year thing because twice he mentioned trying to get Jacoby Brissett to talk to him. Well, that wasn't this year. That was last year. So it was a two-year situation with Kareem Hunt. And again, he, we love Kareem. Everybody in Cleveland loves Kareem Hunt. And it's, I guess I'll just throw this out there. It's interesting because the people that always say they hate Deshaun Watson and can't root for him for his off the field stuff, I say, did you root for Cream? <laughs> but anyway, so in don't 20- do that. <laughs> hey, <laughs> chill out. I'm bro. just trying to make. A point. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Trust me, <laughs> I've been. I went down that road. Oh. Trust me, with multiple Browns players, I and and NFL players in general. Yeah. You know, they're beloved. But no, the crazy thing is, he it's reiterated. 
you know, the second clip is a, it's the same. I know. It's the same thing. It's, it's very, it's very emphasized. It's like, that's what I mean. Like, I think there, there's a little something to it. And, um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's definitely, I guess, like if, if you're on your way out, it's just surprising, you know, cause yeah. we like, we, we, we like Kareem Hunt. We think Kareem Hunt's great. We think he lost a step for sure. And he you lost know, he definitely steps. doesn't, yeah, he doesn't look like the same guy and, you know, maybe, maybe he hasn't been healthy all year, but you know, I, it's just very, it's very surprising. Yeah. Especially to hear it again. Like it, it is brought right back to that same point, you know, mm. that he just, he, he tried everything he could and couldn't. And this is one of the, like, he's just kind of one of the best that everybody says he's one of the best running back coaches in the league. Like this isn't like just, you know, a, a second year, third year coach, you know, like a, this is a guy that like, you know, people call him the running back whisperer. Like he's, and he'll get another job. I, I would think so, you know, but, um, I don't know. There's there's definitely something there. Yeah, I I know in the interview, and you know, you, you say he'll get another job, and I think he could if he wanted it. But at one point in the interview, he brought up that he's sixty five years. I think she was asking him like, "What's the future?" He's like, "I you know, I just turned yeah. sixty five. And he almost the at least what I took away from what he didn't say was he might honestly be at the age where he's like, you know, I'm good. I don't need to keep. I don't need to coach. Yeah. I don't need to keep doing this. I got a, you know family and other things I want to do. <laughs> And if he decides to not to coach anymore, maybe that was also part of the reason why it's like, I'll just use this one last ditch effort. Cause it, I did not hear though, any malicious intent in what he said about Kareem. It was more of, I want Kareem to be a great player because I know what he's capable of. It, it was more of like that, you know, um, constructive criticism type thing rather yeah. than yeah. Kareem Hunt's a shitty player and you know, he's a terrible teammate and he shouldn't even, he didn't say no, stuff yeah. like that. He basically just said, you know, I want the best for Kareem. Kareem could be so much better than what he is. Okay. Did he kind of call him out? Yes. But did for he sure. say anything? Twice. Yeah, twice. But I mean, I don't feel like it was nasty stuff that he said about him. It just, I don't, to me, it just kind of struck like he was disappointed and he was kind of letting it out. I agree. I, I there, and you know, you, you kind of reflect right at the end of things like that. And, you know, maybe that was like one of the things that, I think that is like kind of one of the things that he's taking away from this was like, he wasn't, I I don't know personally what was going on between those two. You know, there's obviously some type of friction there or, you know, not alignment, but <laughs> right. maybe he's just looking back and going, you know, Hey, you know, that was, that was something that I've always tried to get accomplished and just never was able to break through. Um, but I, the thing is, I don't think you'll hear really anything more than this. This is this will be something that Browns fans will just kind of regurgitate and bring up. You know, like let's say Kareem's not on the team next year; it'll be a talking point. Let's say we call him a few weeks into the year and say, "Hey, you know, we need a little bit of running back depth. Jerome Ford's not producing like we thought, or you know, whatever. Maybe we bring him. That'll be a talking point. But um, you know, definitely something there for sure. Um, you want to move into Hollywood Brown? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Surely. I, and, and the thing is I, I should have brought up the article and everything that I referenced. I didn't because I just kind of read through it the other night and it was poorly written. I was, I was like, I cannot believe people get paid to do this shit. It was pathetic. 
And the guy, I feel like that doing this podcast sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, so as I'm like reading through it though, I was just, it just, it was grinding my gears because I forget the guy's name. I can't even think of it yep. now. And, and he was just saying how, Oh, you know, Marquise Brown fits all these, he checks all these boxes and all the boxes were essentially yeah. like, he's an NFL wide receiver. He's alive. Check. He can breathe. Check. He can run. I'm like, Oh, wonderful. He fits the Browns. You dipshit. And yeah. it was, right. I did not think it was a very good, whatever. So I guess I'm kind of giving my opinion already on what I think about Hollywood Brown. Okay. And yeah. I'll, I'll kick it over to you. But before I do, I just don't think he's a fit personally for the Browns. I think we need to get away from these. He's five foot nine hundred eighty pounds if he's wet. And, you know, we don't need that. I know he's, he's fast. He's got speed, but he's also got an extensive injury history. He's got the freaking foot sure. problem dating back to that Liz Frank injury coming out of college and everything. So yep. I am just not interested in a guy who spot track has him, you know, projected market value at like $14.8 million. And he's only had a one, 1000 yard receiving season in his career. I'm just, Baltimore. Yep. I think he's a whole home is just, he's a whole guy. Very pedestrian, very pedestrian numbers. The rest of the year is like five, 600 yards. You feel the same then? Um, so I, I think it's interesting, right? I, there, there's moments that I think about with, uh, with Hollywood Brown. I always, the big thing is the speed, right? We always talk about, man, if we could just get a guy that could take the top off of a defense, it was supposed to be Goodwin, you know, like, and, right. and maybe it still is, but we've been looking for that guy. We don't have that guy. We got elite route runners. We got a, a great slot guy that we don't know what we're really doing with him 100% <laughs> of the time. But, you know, we don't have that deep threat. We don't have the guy that can just kill you with the speed. Um, he's got that speed. He's he's very good at, you know, his his speed is dangerous. The only problem is, and you've touched on it, last two seasons, injuries. Um, now, I'll say this, when uh, DeAndre Hopkins was suspended, those first six games with Kyler Murray, he kind of was a stud. He was a, you kind of got a glimpse of what he could be as that number one receiver. And I thought that would carry into this year. And it just kind of, now Kyler wasn't there. Right, you quarterback know, I think they only, yeah. I don't think they got to, I think they played one or two games together. Um and, you know, there there's other guys on that team, Rondell Moore, uh, Michael Wilson, that, you know, Trey McBride. Trey McBride might be the biggest target of ultra on that team. But um, there is, I would say, for $15 million, like, I think that there's some other guys that I would be more interested in. And will we be able to get a hold of those guys? I think you guys already know the list on that. You guys have already, already touched on it. I think... You think T. Higgins. And now he's going to be more than 14 million, but you think T. Higgins, you think like Calvin Ridley, uh, Michael Pittman. Like there, there's guys that I think have more value with this team. I the 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 crazy thing to me is I feel like Calvin Ridley and Amari Cooper are very like scary similar, like both dangerous, dangerous elite route runners. So I don't know if we need two of those on the team. You know what I mean? And <laughs> Calvin Ridley's getting older. Right. So I the idea of uh Hollywood is it's exciting, but can he stay on the field? Do we need to pay $15 million to a guy who can't even stay on the field? Um, and he doesn't have any sort of elite production to his, to his record, right. really. Right. He, now, like, if we're airing the ball out all over the place, like, could he be that, like, smaller frame like a Will Fuller was, like, for Watson down in Houston? I don't know. But, I mean... 
to me, I just don't think it it makes a lot of sense for the Browns. And then from what you read about Arizona's situation, it sounds like Kyler Murray wants him back, mm. you know? So if you're going to go with Kyler, he's going to be your quarterback. You've got him locked into these bi- this big contract. You got to give him at least one weapon other than Trey McBride. So I, I honestly, personally, I think he's going to be in Arizona. I think he'll come back, you know, on... I kind of an earn it. He'll still get money, but he'll it'll be a very much like a you've got to earn a, a little bit contract. Well, that's fine with me. Again, he's just not he's just not somebody I'm overly excited about. You know, I just yeah, I don't know. I he was he not was a, not he's 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 really fast, but he's not he's not going to be like a guy that you're going to get the update and you're going to be dancing around in your living room exactly. like and now I said that about Odell Beckham. I can remember the day that we traded for Odell Beckham and I danced around in my living room and screamed and I didn't even have kids at the time, so I couldn't wake people up. But I remember like high-fiving my wife. That was the kind of excitement level. Did that work out? No. So it, but it he had elite production, it it's not like, yeah, it's not like a, a complete a loss. You know, if we, if we don't go and get that guy, let's, there's guys in the draft, but I, I'm, I think there's a, some, a little something with this T. Higgins. If they can just not franchise tag him, if they franchise tag him, we're, we're done. Well, they he's were not, talking he's not about coming to Cleveland. tag and trade, too. Now, are they but, trading with the Browns? I hell don't no, think so. bro. No. Hell no. But That's what I mean. They would have to be like a sign and trade. And like to me, that's the biggest thing. I think they franchise tag him. And you read that a lot. Like They're going to probably franchise tag him if they can afford to. And then it'll be like a sign and trade kind of deal. And I, there's just no way in hell I see Cincinnati trading in division. And then you have to go up against that guy twice a year. Not a chance. No, nope. I'd love it. I think it's very exciting. The idea of like him and Amari together. For sure, man. You got your young, young receiver for the next five years at least. I mean, he's only what? 20. He's, he's young. Four-ish. Yeah, he's not. Like he's super young and, and extremely talented and, Deshaun Watson, Watson, he's very interested in bringing him in, but just I just don't see it happening next year. Maybe if he gets to be free agent and he's got a little, you know, he's control of his destiny. I think Cleveland could be a destination for him. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, we we've talked about well, Derek talked about the uh, some of the free agents. You brought a lot of them up there. You know, some of the big names and all that stuff. But yeah. You know, I just always go back to Amari Cooper and we didn't know he was available. Right. We didn't know he True. was available for a fifth. And right. Andrew Barry pulled that off. So I would never put it past Andrew Barry to bring in a legitimate one number one receiver to pair up with another legitimate number one receiver with Amari Cooper this mm-hmm. offseason that no one's even talking about. Yeah. And, you know, we might be able to look there. across the league and look at some receivers that are on teams with some deals that's like, yeah, they might be looking to move off this guy, but that just stuff like that kind of comes out of nowhere. And I love it. That's what I love about Andrew Barry. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think that it's, so the salary cap is tricky for me because I always look at the salary cap and I go, shit, we don't have any money. Right. Where are we getting all this money from? And then all of a sudden we got all this money in like two months and we're making deals. I think that, it, it wouldn't be crazy to me, especially like, let's say some of these teams that decide to rebuild, like maybe like a Tennessee, let's see. I don't think it's that crazy. I've been on, I'd love to see Hopkins back with Watson for a yeah, while. And true. I don't, I don't know if 
he, I don't think he's completely cooked yet. You know what I mean? He still showed that he's got moments where he looks good. I don't think he'd be like the number one choice for Browns fans. Like, I don't think that that would be a complete sell for him. But I mean, if we could bring him in on a trade and get him for next to nothing, like I feel like kind of Andrew Barry always does. We're going to throw the ball a lot. That's all I've heard. We're going to throw the ball a ton. So let's, uh, let's see what happens. You know, draft night's, it seems like it's far away, but it really isn't. I think that he can make it really, really interesting. I think you're right. Speaking of draft night, we'll be probably doing night two again, I'm guessing, since that's when the Browns pick. So stay tuned for all that information. But that's exciting, man. The, the offseason, as soon as football's over, at least for, you know, I mean, we still have the Super Bowl, but Brown season's over. And it's like, okay, we got some time here before thinking. No, we really don't because free agency yeah. opens up here and not too long. It's already February. That's going to be in March, and then April rolls around to the draft, and then all of a sudden it's summer and mini camps, and we're back in the stadium watching football again. So yep. things go quick. That's why we always tell you to subscribe to the channel so you don't miss anything new. We're doing a lot more content now, guys, so stay tuned. Make sure you're sharing it with everybody. So before we get out of here, me and Justin are going to give you our top five Ohio athlete legends. And I don't know how you have your list set up, but if you're able to, I'd like to go five to one. Does that make sense? Um, I can try to make that happen. You can try to make. Okay. So I'll give, I can try that. I'll give my number five and then okay. you give your number five and we'll kind of go back and forth. How's that? We can try to make that work. Yeah. Okay, cool. So if we've got any overlap here again, we haven't talked about this. I have no idea who's on Justin's list nor he mine. And if we have overlap, that's cool. But I've got some notes on my number five, four and three. My number two and one are what I deem as no notes needed. So we will get to that. But number five for me is AJ Hawk from the Ohio State AJ Hawk. Buckeyes. Interesting. So I just put in here AJ Hawk from Kettering, Ohio, played high school at Centerville, College at the Ohio State, of course, for the Buckeyes. Freshman on the 20 or 2002 National Championship team. First team all Big Ten from sophomore to senior. In 2005, he won the Lombardi Award for best linebacker in college. Went number five overall in the 2006 draft by the Packers. He finished third in voting for the Defensive Rookie of the Year Award that year. And he was on the Super Bowl 45 championship team for the Packers in 2010. So I got AJ Hawk at number five. This episode is brought to you by Manly Bands. Browns fans, I have an exciting new sponsorship partner for you guys, and it is crazy how it all happened, okay? So I'm getting married soon. I went to pick out my wedding band. I did not know that the cost of gold was the highest it's ever been. So, you know, when the rings I, I liked and they pulled out of the case and showed me and I, I turned it over, saw the price tag and they were six $1,500. Yeah, I essentially crapped my pants and ran out of there. I hate jewelry stores. I hate the salespeople. I hate the selection. We went and again, true story here, seven different stores looking for a ring and all of them had the most pathetic selection imaginable for men. So I said, screw it. I went to manlybands.com and everything after that point was an incredible experience. Their selection is huge. All sorts of styles, materials. Guys, they have wedding bands made from Jack Daniels whiskey barrels, meteorites, and even dinosaur bones. They also have a huge selection of the tungsten rings that everybody likes, cobalt chrome, and gold. 
And the best part was the customer service was some of the best I've ever received. In a world of AI and bots, Manly Bands keeps it real with real freaking people. The whole experience was so awesome, I asked if we could advertise for them on the show, and here we are. Screw those jewelry stores and those salespeople. Manlybands.com. Use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, for a whopping 25% off your order. Whether you've already got a band or you're getting married in the future, check out what they have. Also, you can order a free ring size guide, and they'll ship it straight to you. So you know exactly what size ring you need. And again, never step foot in a jewelry store. And also for you big fellows with the big hands, guys, they got rings up to size 20. Rings come with free engraving in the U.S., and they send you a free silicone band with your order. It's unreal. These guys are the best. Manlybands.com. Promo code DOGS for 25% off your order. For me, uh, I might be a little biased here. I went with CJ McCollum. And I don't know if that's going to resonate at all for you. Yeah. CJ McCollum kid that i went to high school with i didn't go to the at the same year as him i he he uh was about six years younger than me so he was more with uh like my sister's age uh group but um a kid that like came up through stark county i'm from stark county um once i came over to the states originally out of the uk uh shout out all my british uh you know (laughs) british people out there but um a kid that like you knew he was going to be good. Um, and then, holy crap, like just, just, he never kind of slowed down. Like he, he was really good in high school, but he was kind of smaller and then kind of got bigger. And then just his college career was epic. And then he's still very, very good in the NBA. I kind of, I, I mean, I wouldn't put him in like, uh, you know, 50 greatest of all time type deal, but like a, a guy oh, that's he's good though. A, a good guy player in the NBA. Yeah. And especially like, Somebody that, you know, like grew up, I don't know, five, 10 minutes from, you know, where I live now. It's pretty, it's pretty epic. That's pretty cool. So at number four, I've got Josh Cribbs. Now this one deviates from, he's the only one on my list who wasn't born or grew up in Ohio, but he, you know, he was born in Washington, D.C., played high school in D.C., but he came to Kent State, which is just up the road from us, right, mm-hmm. right up close to you. And that's yes. when he played college. I, stuff about Josh Cribbs, I didn't realize he was the only player in NCAA history to lead his team in both rushing and passing in four different seasons. He set Kent State's single season combined yardage record in 2003, which then Julian Edelman beat him in 2008. Both those guys were quarterbacks. Um, he was a UDFA by the Browns in 2005, return specialist. One of the best of all time, 11,113 kickoff yards, 2,375 punt return yards, and 11 total return touchdowns. So, you know, he went to Kent State in Ohio, played for the Browns in Ohio. He's still in Ohio doing Cleveland things, and I love me some Josh Cribbs. Okay, I'm keeping it local again. All right. Um, keeping it local, another guy that I went uh, that went to the same high school that I did. Oh, geez. Uh, shout, out, shout out Glen Oak High School. Um, in Stark County, Canton, Ohio, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, Ohio state. Great. Dustin Fox. There we go. I was hoping he was on Keep, your list. I'm keeping it low. I'm keeping it local. You know, I'm trying to, well, at least for now. Dude. So Dustin Fox was so much fun to watch at Ohio state. And that's why I had AJ Hawk on my list because, you know, I was, <laughs> I was young when those guys were playing football and whenever, even now, honestly, whenever somebody on defense can captivate you and make you want to watch 
defense because offense is fun to watch, right? Offense is, is what Correct. everybody wants to see the most of and everything. But when there's a guy on defense, it's like, I can't wait till the defense is out there. That was AJ Hawk for me. And I'm to add Dustin Fox is right there too. Dustin Fox. Um, I watched, uh, I watched him play, uh, I went to every game in uh, his senior season, basically. they were Our team was really, really good that year. He was our running back, and he was an absolute stud. He was like one of those guys, like he was just the one of the most athletic guys on the field. Yep. Every play, you know what I mean? And uh, so he was our running back and also uh, safety. But my God, just fun to watch. And then just to, like you said, like just his career progression, um, and then just he's a local guy. He's always tied up with Cleveland sports, Ohio State. Um, so for me, I'm probably like, there's going to be people like, hey, are you an idiot? You know, you left out some of these names and I already see one that I'm like, shit, I fucked up. <laughs> I, Dustin Fox should not be over this person. So maybe I'll 3A it, 3B it or something. There I'll just go. add people. Oh, we'll just do a top six, you know, I don't know. But go <laughs> I've ahead, got honorable mentions at me, the end. I've got uh, honorable oh, mentions. So. Honorable mentions, like, Number yeah. one type bowl mentions. So for th- number three for me is Troy Smith. Troy Ooh, Smith yeah. was probably until like a guy like CJ Stroud came around and I loved watching Justin Fields too, but Troy Smith was my all time favorite quarterback at Ohio state to watch. He was so much fun to watch. He, uh, I put in here born to born in Columbus, but they moved to Cleveland. He actually started at St. Edward High school in Lakewood, I didn't know this, but he got kicked off the football team because he elbowed a kid in the head during a varsity basketball game. Must have been intentional because he got himself kicked off. So then he transferred (laughs) to Glenville, which Ted Ginn Sr. was the coach. He played with Ted Ginn Jr., you know, who also went to Ohio State. He redshirted his first year. He was on that 02 national championship team. He actually started out playing as a running back for Ohio State. And then, do you remember Justin Zwick? Absolutely. All he right, was a so Maslin Tiger in Stark County, Ohio. He was like one of the best quarterback. quarterback recruits in the entire nation. Goes to Ohio State. So Troy Smith, just his backup. And then Zwick gets hurt. Smith comes in. And the rest is kind of history, though. He did get suspended for uh, taking money from a booster, which I guess now wouldn't be a big deal. But the, the dude just lit it up. In 05, he had the highest, fourth highest passer rating in the nation, 162.66. Offensive MVP of the Fiesta Bowl, and then in 06, won the Davey O'Brien Award for Best College Quarterback, had a 3-0 and record against Michigan, which we love. He was the first quarterback, I didn't know this, first quarterback since 1936 to win three straight games against Michigan. He won the Heisman that year, second largest margin of victory in Heisman voting in history. And the first was O.J. Simpson. So other than those two, you know what I mean, the, the margin of victory was huge. And uh, sadly, lost the 07 national championship to Florida to Urban Meyer, you know, whatever. Mm, Ended up being uh, a fifth uh, round uh, pick by the Ravens. He just, his, his career in the NFL didn't really materialize. Right. I think, honestly, I think he would have been a much better fit for today's NFL than back then. I agree. I agree. Uh, so for me, at number three, I'm going to go 3A, 3B. Okay. Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey, the the Kelsey brothers out of Westlake, Ohio. Um, I mean, can we, do we really even have to go into it? You know, like probably the, one of the best centers of all time, arguably the best tight end of all time. (sighs) Probably both of them. Yeah. Both love, 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 uh, you know, Cleveland sports, Ohio sports, and uh, also have a great podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Good for them. If you're doing podcasts, that's the way to go. 
That's the way, yeah, they're doing it. They're doing it right. (laughs) It's pretty entertaining. All right, go ahead, big dog. All right, at number two, again, now we've entered my, I don't need notes for these guys, but number two is LeBron James. Akron St. Vincent, St. Mary. I mean, this guy, okay. This when he was in high school, he was all the rage. I mean, people would travel from all over the state, probably other states too, just to come in to watch his high school games because he was that big of a phenomenon. And it was, is he going to be able to take what he's doing in high school into the NFL? And he goes at 18 years old, or NFL, NBA, 18 years old, straight into the NBA to the Cavaliers, stays in Ohio, stays in Cleveland, and just dominates. And arguably the best basketball player of all time now. I, I mean, his career has been extraordinary. Damn, you have LeBron James at number two? I do, because oh my, my God. number one is so, a personal oh. favorite, lifelong favorite athlete of all time. So okay. that's why. But okay. If we're going on career, just achievements, I mean, of course LeBron would be one, but I got him at two. Okay. I got him at two. Okay. Oh, okay. So at number two for me, this is uh, a legend of one of the games that I actually like to play when I'm just out drinking in the summer uh, <laughs> golf. The uh, majors most winning uh, golfer ever, Jack Nicholas, Ohio native. No kidding. Born in Ohio. Okay. The Golden Bear, baby. 18 major wins. We thought that that was going to come down and then Tiger Woods ran into some issues, but you know, it's Jack, you know? Yeah. It's the Golden Bear. Stud. Good one. Straight stud. That's cool, man. I'm that. That's interesting, man. You got yourself a good list. I like that. I he was born in Columbus, Ohio, so you know it's not like he was you know up the road or anything, but right about hey. two and a half hours up the road home. That was home base. Nice. So my number one. You ready for who got one over I'm, LeBron? I'm super. I have no idea where you're going to go with this. <laughs> number one, a guy that I just couldn't get enough of growing up was Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey really? Jr. Okay. Uh, okay. was not born in Ohio, but moved to Cincinnati when Correct. he was like yeah. three years old, played high school in Cincinnati. His dad played for the Reds. You know, he ended up getting drafted by the Mariners, but then came back and played most of his career with the Reds. Ken Griffey Jr. made baseball baseball for me when I was a kid. I mean, I, I loved all the players. I followed baseball a lot when I was a kid. I don't give mm-hmm. two shits about it now, but he, he was just, he was that guy for me. I, the way his his batting stance, I wanted to be Ken yes. Griffey Jr. I wanted to play center field. I I'm a right-handed thrower. I wanted to throw left-handed. I wanted to be Ken Griffey Jr. And hat backwards, yep, bro. Yeah, I wore my hat backwards to school all the time, man. There's yes. a there's a swagger about him. I mean, the and it's still, I think he kind of set the tone for you know many generations of future baseball players. I know as a kid. When you were playing baseball, like in the backyard, that's the guy you wanted to be. You yes. know what I mean? When you lined up. Yep. Hall of Famer now. So I just, Ken Griffey Jr., number one for me. What about you? Uh, for me, personally, it's it's got to be LeBron James. Okay. I figured um, that's, that's who you had at one. It's, uh, it's LeBron James. And only just because it's a crazy story. Literally 15 minutes up the road for me, this kid was born. Uh, tough, you know, like tough life. Phenom in high school. Like people were talking about him when he was like 11, 12 years old. And then you watched as, as like a Cleveland fan and like a a fan of Ohio sports, I got to watch this kid's like journey all the way up and like the doubters and everything. And you watch just how special he was. And you just, when he was with the Cavs the first time, you just, you're like, God, we're so lucky to have this guy, but we just can't, we can't get enough around him to actually, you know, 
it was always just something, something would happen, you know, it was always, we ran into an Orlando team or a San Antonio team in the finals. And it was just, mm-hmm. it was tough. And then to like finally bring one home, like in 2016 to bring a title home to Cleveland. Like for me, I, I swear to people, I tell people all the time, like I, that was something that I like had put to bed that I would never get to see a Cleveland sports title in my life. So to get to see that, like, it was just so special, man. Like I, I literally, I can't, I t- like tell my kids like joking around, like I make them watch Believe Land and I like walk them through like how special those days were. Cause I, I really don't know. I like to believe that we'll see another title, but like, I'll always remember that parade, man. I'll always remember like, I was me, Blake, John, like we all went up there. We parked in uh Cleveland Indians employee parking lot and <laughs> snuck into the parade basically. And I've just like it was surreal at the time, but like it doesn't even feel like even to this day, it wasn't even like real life. Like you have to like pinch yourself sometimes to remember like that that actually did happen in like an incredible series. Like, and to me, like Michael Jordan was incredible. Don't go wrong. Like Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan, but like I personally root for LeBron James as the best of all time because it's just special that he was that close you know, to home and everything and has become the player he is. It's, it's an incredible story. It, it really is. It really is. He would have been one for me, but I had to, I had to save it for Ken, but we, we, we left a couple off too. We did. Like, so we've got some honorable mentions and I will tell you right now that my, the ones I listed out just that I wanted to throw out there after my yeah. official list was done. These are what I, I kept this list intentional. These are, I have five guys that are local. Five guys that are mm-hmm. from where I grew up, and one of them, two, well, one of them, I definitely grew up with. So, this list is kind of specific to that. But who do you have as honorable mentions? There's two, and you could honestly put them like easy top three, both of them, and you could even make the argument like top two. Okay, it's that. So number one, like the one, the first one, Steph Curry, hate him oh. or love him, he completely yeah. changed the game. He was born in Akron, Ohio. That's right. Um, I forgot also, about that. Um, I mean, you can make the argument. I know for a while people were making the argument that he was right there at LeBron's level. I disagree with that personally. But different players um, for sure. Yeah. You know, but completely revolutionized the game of basketball. Like completely changed like the coaching, how you attack as far as like with the three point shot. Like he he can shoot it from anywhere in the gym. Yep. So I, a guy that definitely probably deserves to be way higher up my list, but I kept it local, you know, at the beginning with five and four. Um, and then another one, you know, Simone Biles. Oh, born okay. In Columbus, Ohio, world, I mean, world-renowned gold medalist gymnast. Um, another one that I saw and I was like, damn, she's like the best of the best in her sport. Like she definitely probably deserves to be in this list, but I was like, just give me, uh, you know, give me, give me the Kelsey brothers, but no disrespect to her. Another, I mean, elite, elite world athlete, um, and born in Ohio. Cool. So I'll just kind of run through these real quick. First, this is like my, I wanted him on my list, but Percy, if you're listening, I, I promise you, you, you saw my list. So you understand, but Percy Garner, uh, mm-hmm. I went to high school with Percy, played baseball and football with him throughout since we were little kids. He ended up going to Ball State, playing baseball and football, pursued baseball, which, I mean, the guy was a hell of a quarterback, but as a pitcher, he was dominant. He was the most dominant pitcher I've ever seen. And, you know, in our age group, and 
He ended up getting drafted by the Philadelphia Phillies. Then he came over and got signed by Cleveland in that 2016 World Series run, pitched for the Indians in September. It was so much fun watching him up there balling out. And, you know, now, I, you know, we do podcasts together and everything. So Percy is definitely a, a local guy that is on my favorite Ohio athlete list. I've got C. Grant, who played for the yeah. Ohio State Buckeyes. He's from the town right next to me. I've done a podcast with him before and Percy. He played for the Saints in the NFL, just one hell of an athlete. He was on that championship team too in 02. I've got Zach Caleros, one of the most really? electric athletes I've ever seen. He played quarterback and safety for uh, Steubenville uh, Red Riders. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up going and playing for Cincinnati, the Bearcats in college. And he's still playing quarterback. He's the starting quarterback for the Winnipeg something or other. I was going to say Canada. CFL, right? Yeah, CFL. He's been the quarterback. I remember quarterback. we talked he's, about him for Cleveland yeah, Browns quarterback. Yeah, he's got, he's got championships up there. Like, he's one of the best quarterbacks in that Canadian league. And it's just so crazy to think, like, I played against this guy in high school. And it's wild. It, it is wild. And then I've got, uh, let's see, Denton True Young. Do you know who that is? I have no idea who that is, bro. Inform me. Denton True Young is Cy Young. Was actually oh, born wow. and raised, grew up just about 15 minutes. What would that be? East of where I grew up. They've got mm-hmm. a whole museum there in Newcomerstown, Ohio, dedicated to Cy Young. So he's an Ohio guy. Grew up there. No kidding. And then last, uh, probably a guy you're familiar with, Corey Garbrandt. Oh, yes. Very familiar. <laughs> oh, MMA no, fighter. Oh, no. No love. Is that no what love. you're talking That's about? Oh, talking no love, Garbrandt, yep. UFC uh, champion. Yep, man. At one point, man, I he was hell on wheels. Like nobody could stop that dude. And he unfortunately ran into a juiced up TJ Dillashaw twice. Or I think that his UFC career. I mean, he's still fighting. He's got. Um, he just actually fought recently, maybe a month ago. Just watched him. Uh, a guy like in this area, people get behind. He's he's from pretty much right down the road. Like what, 45, I'd say probably 40 minutes south for me all the way down to uh, Eurexville. But yeah, which is like 15 minutes from where I fighter. Yep. Like for a guy that weighs 135 pounds and can absolutely put you to sleep, like knock you the hell out immediately. Crazy good fighter. Um, TJ Dillashaw did steroids. That's a real thing. (laughs) So, I mean, the thing is the list can go on and on and on with these Ohio athletes. I mean, We've seen a lot of great players in different sports coming out of this state, and it's been a ton of fun. So if you guys got your own favorite athletes from Ohio, drop them in the comments. We want to know, you know, if it's on YouTube or wherever you listen to this. I know on Spotify, you can leave comments. Drop them in there, and we'll talk about them in a future episode because I'm sure there's a ton of players, a ton of people that we've left off of this list. Like I said, some of these are really close and near and dear to like me and where I grew up and, and Justin too. So let us know who you got. We want to hear from everybody on this one. We're not going to talk about Taylor Swift in this episode. That's going to be in the after hour. So if you guys want to le- listen to what we had to say about that whole situation, join the dogs.com, become an official dog pack member. You can do a seven day free trial. You can watch the after hours episodes, jump in the discord, interact with everybody for seven days. See if you like it. And then if you do, which mo- that's honestly what most people have done here recently in the last, I'd say six months, they do the free trial. And I would say 90% of them people end up sticking around. So yeah, Check it out. Come join us. And we would love to get to know you better. It's a great community, great people, and just a ton of fun. So, Justin, let's wrap this sucker up and get over to the after hours. What do you say? Absolutely, brother. Let's do that. All right. Appreciate everybody watching, listening. And until we talk to you guys next time, 
Let's go Browns. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.